0: Welcome to Book of Engin. It's been a while. It's been almost two months since last time I did anything in this regard as far as um, speaking about what's going on, how it's going on, and I can't believe it's been two months. Well, what has been going on? I got some work that kept my sanity level uh, at a good place because it's just the... the most dangerous thing for a human mind is consecutive days of not having any goals or ambitions or even some challenges in life we need challenges we need we our brain is I believe it's um, it's geared to solve problems and uh, a great has once said uh, the the brain is like a mill. So if you don't feed it, it will grind its own self. So you've got to throw some something in there for it to grind and process. Um, Family is good. Life is good. It is God knows where we are. And with the fires adding, it's like insult to injury. It's uh, it's there are moments I struggle. There are moments uh, depression caught up with me, and uh, but quickly, I managed to resolve that, or walked away from depression by either smoking some weed or staying active in ways. I've been running. I'm up to uh, about five miles. And I'm running approximately nine minute a mile. And, uh, you know, I've been taking notes. I've been writing a lot. So I'm going to go through some of my notes. I'm going to talk about uh, how I see things. I just need to get it out. I need to talk about these things. And I know a lot of us feel the same way. We lack that human interaction. The other day, uh, I did my first Zoom open mic, which brought so much relief in a sense, even though it's a cyber environment, the human contact and the opportunity to learn from someone and listening, listening to a human story just makes makes me feel good. And, uh, and I always assume whatever makes me feel good can make someone else feel good as well. And, you know, hence, you know, smoking some weed, which we will begin our podcast by opening some of the doors in our brains and See what kind of jargon it's gonna bring I've been on stage Twice Since I uh, Last posted a podcast And <laughs> Excuse me I uh, I posted those <coughs> Poor attempts Excuse me Poor attempts of Trying to perform, trying to get the yayas out, uh, effort on this thing. It is interesting. It is interesting to see how people are behaving. Before I enter anything, let me talk about this bit. I am a member of the Bay Area Comedy Network page. On Facebook and just this morning I saw a post where it says um, black only comedy show I think it's a zoom but black only uh, and I, I thought to myself Black, what, what is this? What, what are you trying to do here? This does not make any sense to me. A lot of, you know, I've been called a lot of things since I moved to the States and because of how I look and how I, how I sometimes sound like people uh, perceive that I'm just a white man and uh, I have my uh, conditioning towards certain things. I'm not a white man. I'm a Turkish man. I was born and raised there and I moved to the States in 2004. And since then, I've been just, you know, watching all these developments as an outsider. And I'll tell you what, I'm very happy to be here. Anyone who knows me, they know how much I love this country and I love being here. The opportunities that I've been presented with has been endless. They all took hard work. None of these things fell on my lap, but I don't think, uh, I would, I mean, I would definitely have a life and it would be a color for life had I stayed in Turkey. But here I got into all sorts of different adventures and watching things as an outsider, ignoring all these labels, people try to stick on me. It won't stick because I'm none of those things. I don't even have that background. Like I just wrote a joke. Uh, about this. If someone came up to me and said, hey man, would you kneel and apologize uh, to a black person about all the things that's been done to them? My answer would be no, because I'm not from here. I don't owe them anything. I don't owe anything to anybody. I owe something to my parents for raising me the way I am. But You know, by my outlook, people think, well, maybe, you know, we can convince this white guy to kneel and apologize. It's not my deal. Now, if we want to speak about Armenians and Kurds, maybe, but again, I don't feel responsible for what had happened to Kurds and Armenians. How can I be held responsible just because I am who I am? Or I was born in a certain community. I didn't do any of these things. I have Kurdish friends. I have Armenian friends. I have Greek friends. Although the the, the school, the doctrine is that all these uh, groups should be... I should be wary of them. But I have great Kurdish friends, great uh, Armenian friends, great Greek friends. I don't sign into that behavior. So, this all-black comedy effort it puzzles me it puzzles me because if we are trying to be one and if if comedy is a source to bring people together because for me comedy has always talked about things that were that are taboo to talk about and make them a little bit easier to digest. Now, no one has given me any proper scientific explanation in regards to why anyone would feel the need to have an all-black comedy show at this day and age. I don't get it. Oh, us black people want to be all black and blacked out and surround ourselves with black people, is that the sentiment? If that's the sentiment, why do you question the white man's sentiment to just, like, whoever those people are, want to be all white and just keep it white? How is how is how is two wrongs make one right? I don't get it. I do not understand it. I don't understand the white man's sentiment to be all white, nor I understand the black people's to be all black. Why can't we just be human? I thought that was the understanding, and I thought that was the debate. I thought that was the conversation. It's it's baffling to me. And nobody even talks about these things through those angles it's always a side it's a side and even a person such as myself who essentially I'm on the side of America I'm 46 years old I have two daughters I don't have the energy to move to another country this country needs to win I said this many times and and if if the initial conversation the conversation started was is Equality, uh, same rights and such then why are why do we need this all black comedy? How only us black people understand our own humor, so we're just gonna we just won't be black. What is that? What is what kind of need is that? And perhaps one need needs to just then accept at that junction one needs to accept the so-called white man want whoever they are again I don't know any myself but who are they that are they just want to keep it all white like all white comedy imagine if I tried to do that all white comedy please white people dm me that'd be I don't know, I think they'll hang me in front of the state building on a Friday if I did such, something like that. I'd be completely castrated. That's dumb. That is dumb. So, and here's another thing. The people who do these things, I re, the, they are, they don't live in a ghetto. They don't live in some dangerous parts of United States. They don't live in Chicago where the murder rate is so high. They don't live in Detroit after the, fun, the, the industrial crisis, how the values and, and, and the, the, the communities have diminished in Detroit because there were no jobs and all sorts of things happened. The people who do this are sitting in their comfortable apartments in Oakland, San Francisco, I, I don't buy it that they are suffering, or here's the thing, I don't buy it that they are suffering more than I'm suffering, if some suffering needs to be talked about, since I moved here, because of my accent, because of my, my, my way of trying to deliver my point, uh, language, you know, it's a barrier and even two native speakers, we watch it all the time, they're having a hard time understanding them each other. Let alone some foreigner comes here and tries to express himself in a fourth language. However, I ran into all sorts of uh, obstacles, but I perceived them as obstacles of life, not some Racism or oppression and whatever just that we need to kind of like almost we need to hit a reset button and properly identify what's what again we have to do that because the person in Oakland who's doing this all black comedy thing has a job. Or maybe not. I don't know. Times are hard. Everybody is in limbo. But it's just surviving in Oakland. Let's say you come from these dangerous, so-called dangerous parts of the United States for black people. You came to Oakland. You got out, man. Now your job is to just get better. Get better at your craft. Get better at whatever you need to do. Get better at yourself. If you identify yourself as black, orange, purple, olive, whatever, I don't think you you are putting a ceiling, that glass ceiling that everyone talks about. I think you're doing that to yourself. Because if I were to just set sail and then run into obstacles, and every time if I ran when I ran into the obstacle, uh had I said, oh, it's because I'm Turkish, what kind of a life would I have? There's no way I'd, I'd have a happy life. I don't believe that's a happy life. Just identifying myself like I'm Turkish, I'm Mediterranean, olive skin, and then those are that's those are my ceilings. I always thought about this. Um, the other person who got the job was better than me. Now... Were there occasions where someone who wasn't better than me got the job? Yes. But again, in that there were parts that he was better than me. He was a better choice than me for that establishment. Now, I want you to... um, Think about this, I am talking about working for somebody, working for a company, a job that you seek. You seek a job, that means you are agreeing to play with their rules because they are the company. They created a wealth and in that wealth, they have created jobs. And then you go for it, you race for it, and then you try to get that job. Now you're obligated to speak their language and follow their rules. The company I worked for banned flip-flops. It's the national footwear of California. And I was working for the cycling industry. The company banned wearing flip-flops in any event, any event where you're representing the uh, company and I'm supposed to be like a mountain biker, cool, shaggy, speedy, rad dude and no flip flops, close toe shoes. Now, philosophically, it's a dumb rule, but practically, it's a very smart rule. In an environment where it's dusty and dirty, where you're lifting bikes up and down, a closed-toe shoe is a much safer choice. Now, perhaps some of us working for that company did not make the correct choices and hurt themselves. And they missed out on events and created lack of workforce for that event because their toes are hurt, because they were not protecting themselves. The company can uh, protect itself with the rule like that. That's a possibility. Now, we're going to talk about freedom. If you want to talk about freedom, if you want to talk about equality, if you want to have your voice worth the same amount as your opponent, then you got, you have to establish yourself. You have to become a business owner. You have to create your own wealth. You have to own things. And when you own things and then when you're, uh, when you become an establishment, a business, now you do not come to the table as an employee. You come to the table as a partner. Now in partnerships, depends on what the percentage is in in that relationship. But most of the simple capitalistic transactions, you have a 50-50 partnership. And at any given time, the partner can pull out of that argument unless the contract says otherwise. So going out of your way to build or to promote and host an all black. And let's not harp on just black. I also see like all Latino. I mean, if it's a Spanish speaking comedy program, I'd get it. Because I don't speak Spanish, right? Even as an audience member, I it's... Kind of silly for me to take part in it because I would not understand what's going on. However, there is nothing stopping me from going and checking out a uh, Spanish-speaking comedy. Maybe I'll learn a thing or two in Spanish. Maybe I'll learn my fifth language that way. But when it's an all-black comedy, can you have non-black audience? And if that's the case, how can you have all black comedy show, but a multicultural uh, multicultural audience? How does that make sense? What's the scientific justification of that? Doesn't even even be scientific. You can just come at me with like, well, this is how I want to feel. If if now that's the dangerous part. If you Move that thought to we need this. You don't need it, by the way. You want it. Like, I need water. That's a complete and correct um, sentence. Because without water, I cannot survive. But I need a Coca Cola. It's a it's it's a uh, it's a relative. There's a the value system is relative, and um, maybe relative is not the right word. But it's 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 subjective. You know, it's like we you need it. maybe even that's the wrong word. I don't know, but what I'm saying is that the word need and want. You may want an all black comedy show then you have to respect other people wanting other things if that's your explanation. If your explanation is because I wanted so, that automatically obligates you to respect the other person's wants, not their needs, wants. Needs are easy to uh, determine. If you're hungry, you need food. If you're homeless, you need shelter. If you're sick, you need drugs or a remedy to your sickness. The rest of the stuff is want. You may need a car to go back and uh, forth to work, but You can want a red car to go back and forth uh, forth to work. It's just these, these, um, this is my outsider summary. My summary as an outsider. The summary of the outsider. Engin Yeshilemiş, the writer of Book of Engin. A lot of young people... And with age, I've changed. There were, there were certain things when I was 20-something-year-old, I would sound similar to what's going on right now on social media and whatnot. But we didn't have social media. I, I would have, at my age, with my upbringing, I would have never dared to post some of these ridiculous things and the, the, the vulgar language for the world to see. You know why? because I wouldn't want to embarrass my parents. That's that's number one, regardless of how old I am. I come from that kind of uh, upbringing. Like if I'm doing public speaking or, or comedy, if there are kids in the audience, I don't do my act. I just kind of like reel it back Respecting the kids and the family because that family is there to enjoy an evening. That family is not there for their kids to just me being charming uh, on stage and then making dick and pussy jokes cute. That's not why they left the house. That's not what they want to teach their children. Why do I know that? Because I don't want to teach that to my children. I don't want, want my children to uh, perceive cursing and using foul language as a charming form of uh, communication. My 13-year-old, she's recently getting into like some, some uh, jiving language. And sometimes she'll go all hip-hop on me and say some you know, gangster stuff towards me. And I have to check her. I have to remind her. I'm like, look, don't say some cliche stuff that you heard other people say it and made it cool. Most of the stuff you're looking at is scripted. They line the words like that in a way so it would create an emotion. It may create some attraction, some coolness, some laughter, perhaps. Um, so I try to protect her by bringing this to her attention that be yourself. Look for, like, spend your time looking for your own voice. It, because I wish, I mean, my, 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 my dad told me this many times. I used to have friends who were... Uh, a lot more rich than I was. And building a lot more rich, like I was rich and they were richer? No, I didn't have any money and they always had money. Money was never, They. I never heard them say, I can't go do this because I don't have the money. I said that many times in my life. Oh, I can't do that, I just can't afford it. And I was fine with that. And, But I guess my dad being my dad, he thought, I was just feeling bad because I wasn't, you know, par with what they're doing. And he he kept saying, hey, hang out with people. Hang out with people who are at your level. Grow with them. Instead of, you know, people who just have it all. You don't have it all. Accept it. But you're fine. And we were fine. Like, I didn't have... Money to just you know spend a weekend in uh, the summer resort when I was in college and whatnot, but I mean later I fixed all that. Now I I'm I'm raising a family, so as I grow older, my mentality has changed. Although I understand some of the emotional sentiment on what's going on online, I also understand that. Currently, we are doing two wrongs, and then we're expecting two wrongs to make one right. This is my outsider uh, observation today. Everybody's just... uh, People talk about freedom of speech, but then they'll cut someone off and say, That's it! You've said enough! Anyone who speaks to me like that, anyone who says, that's it, you said enough. I ask them, who are you? Who are you to tell me that I said enough or that's it? Like, you can get up and leave. You're more than welcome to do that. But you can't shut me up and then sit across the table from me. If you're going to sit there, I'm going to talk. If I have something to say, of course. I'm not talking because you're sitting there. I'm talking because you brought something up. But you don't like what I'm saying because we have different perspectives. And a lot of people have different perspectives. A lot of people, and media is not fueling anything in a positive manner. So we're filling our brains with a bunch of garbage. Garbage, 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 garbage. And everybody's looking at their phones gets all wound up and we do not have We unfortunately we're loading so much but we don't have a place to unload that and watch when you don't get a chance like this is my form of unloading things doing this I don't care who's watching it and if they're watching it if someone watches it maybe they won't even pass five minutes But it's okay. But I have to unload. Because if I don't unload, my fear is I'm going to become all these people that I just look at and go, shake my head to. Because it's just not right. It's it's not getting us anywhere. Where is it getting us? Now we have people shooting each other on the streets. Civilians are shooting each other. And I really don't give a shit about what you think about guns. I really don't. Because you're against guns because you don't have guns. You don't know how to use guns. You don't come from a family who taught you how to use the guns. It's as simple as that. That's the bare bone a gun argument. Now, should there be vigorous background check before you've purchased a firearm? Of course. Other than that, shut the fuck up. This is America. This is America. And the, the there is the balance, the checks and balances. That's that. Everybody believes. Here's another thing. Everybody believes like. Balance, the definition of balance, let's talk about that. I have wrote about this before. Balance, unfortunately, it's not constant. It needs maintenance. And just because you're on top of something and doing this, this is not balanced, by the way. If you're shaking all over the place, that's not balance. Balance is once balance is reached, there's peace in balance because you're not wobbling around. You're just in a tranquil place and you're maintaining the flow right now. All flow is off. Whatever we knew as normal for this many years vanished, vanished. And in, It's not bad news, but it will never be the same. Unless you're Turkey. I'm looking at pictures of my friends in Turkey. They're just like getting on with life. Just normal, normal life. Everybody's back to work. People are in restaurants, summer resorts. Perhaps because everybody's raised with fear be afraid of this, be afraid of that. Like if there's a pattern, I remember as far back as Russia, you guys were afraid of Russia. And uh, we, I was watching all this in Turkey. You guys were afraid of Russia and then all these movies were made. We weren't afraid of Germans, we weren't afraid of Nazis, because the movies were made that Nazis were done. We killed them, we made movies about that. But, at the same time, in order to control the environment, we, ha- we still had to create some sort of something for people to come together with. Then they picked Russians, Cold War, right? And then everybody was here in the States. You're like, oh, are the Russians coming? Are the Russians coming? And then, after Russia changed this regiment, well, now they have Putin, but for a brief moment, you know, that changed. That change happened, and let's say America won that Cold War because part of Russia, the Soviet Union, dissolved and became something else. Um, We need to pick something else to be afraid of. What were we afraid of after that? Maybe AIDS? Because the world was afraid of AIDS, too. Because when America was afraid of Russia, we were all afraid of Russia. We made movies about that. Then the world was afraid of AIDS. We were all afraid about that. I I was in middle school or high school and I was afraid of AIDS. I wasn't even having sex. Why was I afraid of sex? We beat AIDS. Then Middle East. Middle East and Islam. We were just afraid of that for a long time. We were afraid of that. And all of a sudden, like, I think the end of that movie was Osama bin Laden getting shot and killed. Saddam Hussein being hung. Gaddafi being hung. And we won, right? America, see, America wants that. America wants to see people shot dead, hung. And now, shooting people and hanging people is not as popular. It was five years ago. But today... America cannot take pride in kicking ass elsewhere. The, the, the touchy, the, the, the fragile soul of the civilians are not ready for something like that. So we need something new to fear. Cancel con- uh, men. We were, now we, we were afraid of men for a while. Men, white men, patriarchy, all that stuff. Still, still we've ne- we have not stopped fearing something. And it's like a fashion show too. Like the Me Too movement started here. The Me Too movement started everywhere in the world. Now, is this time that the racist thing is going to go away after this? I don't know, man, 50 years ago, Martin Luther King Jr. walked to Washington. 50 years later, we're about to do the same thing. But I like to think, 1950s, yeah, no, yeah, f- 1950s, 1960s America versus 22 America How much is that of how much is your success depending on Your race where you're from or Where your focus is what does your day look like how do you get closer to your goal? Arguing with people on Facebook for hours on end is that what you're doing? Well, that's a wasted day. We all know that. We all know that. Social justice warrior. What a bullshit tag name. If you think about it, social justice warrior. In in an environment where nobody leaves their house. So I can just sit here all day and go, I'm a social justice warrior, sir. I sure am Smoke weed and yell at one another. See with younger generation, like I have through theater and whatnot, I have twenty, you know, mid-twenty mid-twenties to early thirties friend group and they're just walking around miserable. Before all this, they were walking around miserable. And their, their, uh, their reactions to hello was always meh, meh. And you can challenge me, you can say, hey Engin, someone can feel meh. Sure, but all the fucking time, if you're feeling meh all the time, then you gotta make some changes. Got to make some changes. I'm not talking about people who really have mental illnesses. Because when you have a serious mental uh, challenge or there's some sort of a chemical imbalance in your brain, I get it. You may need help and you should go get the help. This is available. If you're poor, all you have to do is fill out some forms and get on Medicare. Medicare. And then make an appointment and start that process. You need to go get help. Especially if you think you have these crazies in your head and you're aware of it. And you are telling people, hey, I need help but I can't afford it. Help is there. And if you can tell people that you need help, you can't afford it. That means you're aware of your situation because there are people who are worse than you, who do not, who do not, um, who are not aware of their situation. They're trapped in that. They can't even tell themselves that they need help. They're that far out. If you're ever listening to this, it's up to you. It's up to you. And this is not like, you know, the bootstrap stuff. But wait, I don't, I mean, it is the bootstrap stuff, it's, it's all of that. You, you talk to anyone, and I'm nobody. You talk to anyone who you think is somebody, they will all tell you, you've got to change. You want changes, you got to change. You got to change. You gotta change. I resisted change so many times in my in so many parts of my life. I'm not necessarily uh, uh, today. I'm successful, but there were days when I was unsuccessful, and it's okay to be unsuccessful. It's all right, and the it's okay and unsuccessful stuff. Unsuccessful has. Everything to do with you. You didn't put on enough work. You didn't make the good networking. You didn't do. You didn't do your homework. You didn't take a shower. You didn't make your bed. You bailed out of things that you said yes to. Unsuccessful. Solely depends on you, and I find it extremely interesting where unsuccessful people are the first ones to pull you aside and say, Hey, man, this is how you need to live your life. It happens to me all the time. I mean, I said I'm successful, but here are here are my success parameters. Uh, I'm paying my bills. I have a loving girlfriend. I have a loving daughter and I have a loving stepdaughter. I kind of fixed my relationship with my sister and my mom. That still needs work. But I mean, come on, we're talking about 46 years of neglect. Of that relationship and it's going to take, I don't know how much time we have, but you can only hope for improvement. So in that, I am successful. And I know every time I was unsuccessful, it's because I didn't do my homework. Or sometimes it's as simple as my heart wasn't in it. That's an option. That's perfectly fine too. Sometimes your heart is not in it. Then say that. Don't put it on the others. Say that. I had to learn that in the heart way. I really did. And uh, You know, I often talk about this audition that I took at SSU And they didn't give me... I didn't think I was going to show them an incredible audition. Okay? I assumed after having played for them for a year, they knew what I'm capable of. And I went to the audition as part of formality because I was told I need to audition for the money. I didn't realize that entire decision would have been based on the 10 minutes they give me. So essentially, they didn't give me the full scholarship I'd need to complete my music education. And um, I did protest. And I did point out the fact that, hey, I played for you for a year. And I told you the only way I can come to school is if I can get this support without the full pay I can't do this and they chose after having seen me and play for them and you know help their program because they they were short on bass players and without a bass player they couldn't have all the programs that's in the curriculum to move forward So I played for them for two semesters and old professors got paid handsomely. This is State University right here. And I thought, and my demeanor, the way I carried myself, the way I, you know, uh, the way what I brought to those bands. I don't know, my peers complimented me for what I did for the bands, musically and personally. But the powers be, did not find me worthy of that money so I can get the education and put myself on track to do the practice. And without that money, it's not, it's not possible for me to take time away from work, look after my family, my household, and chase that dream. That's not possible. That's not possible. It's too much weight that I personally cannot carry. Maybe someone else is stronger than me. But the way I saw it is it's going to be a lot of wear and tear on my family as well. But had I gotten the full scholarship, that would that would have allowed me to do it without putting stress on my family. Because if I'm stressed, they're going to feel it. That's how it works in any family member. If they, if one family member is under stress, the rest of the family feels that. The, and family members can help you so much. So much. But you can only demand so much from your family members as well. Then eventually they'll say, no, enough is enough. Like I did to my... Uh, mom and my sister I said enough is enough you know like all you, these things the guy you guys are asking for is just creating problems for me you guys are not helping me in any way so sorry I, I got this going on right now I need to make sure this works and what they're asking me were were something that they wanted they didn't need it they, they weren't going hungry they didn't they weren't going homeless they weren't ill and they needed drugs for it they just wanted things in a certain way but that audition also made me think about my playing maybe yeah maybe I'm not worthy of that. But if I'm not worthy of that, why did uh, everybody that I worked in the musical field, in the academia, gave me amazing reference letters? One of the biggest maestros in town, when I told him how I didn't get the scholarship, his response was, well, that's an interesting decision. Eh. Now, I'm still practicing bass. It's, it's easy. It's right here. Like right before this, I was practicing. So, you see, what you want to be successful in, it just lies in your hands. You just gotta keep on doing what you need to do. And if you become undeniable, then they can't say no to you, then you're free. Then you get invited to things. Right before COVID pandemic happened, lockdown happened, I was paying my, uh, my mortgage with music. Playing in the musicals and this Now I I had made it. I would consider that I made it in the music industry. I am paying my bills through music. And then COVID happened. All the musicals got canceled. This and that. I'm hoping it will all come back. And I'm hoping I'll get back to it and make, again, money from doing something I love doing. I'm lucky I have my painting company. So when I don't have this, now this is just. Like exercise, I'm exercising on this. How I run, I also exercise on the base. And um, just to be ready when things open. In the meantime, I'm painting. You know, there are many ways to do so. It's just like, where is the white man that's holding me down? Who's holding me down? I think we're all being held down with this, the way we're treating, like right now, how we're treating this whole COVID thing, cl- closing everything and interrupting people's lives in this fashion. I'm against it. Kids going to sc- schools are open, casinos are open. Why aren't casino people making money? But you know, you're like Lucy with the scarf store. She's fucked. Where's the white man? Is that the white man? Well that white man is affecting Lucy. Lucy's Lucy's West County. Sebastopol. She's white. Whiter than white. Maybe something is wrong with the system. But something is wrong with every system. That's why it's called a utopia, where everything is hunky-dory, where balance is achieved without shaking too much. But if I think in all this chaos, it's possible to create your own Zen. I'm not going hippy-dippy on you, although I'm high. When I say Zen, I find Zen through work. I just like initially I was dreading booking work because working construction sucks. It's nothing, you know, like it's physical. It's tiring. It takes you away from any type of uh, any type of creative process because you gotta be kind of physically in shape. And that boosts your energy to create things, produce things. I mean, it's been two months since I did a podcast because I've been just trying to make earn a living. When you know, while it's raining, you, just, you know, you just collect rainwater. I'm lucky in that sense. Lucy isn't Lucy with the scarf shop, West County, Sebastopol. All, or all the other hippie stores, restaurants. Some people sent, you know, they sent generations of kids to school by running a breakfast joint. Now they're just working at like minimal capacity. Is that the white man? Is that the white man that black people uh, complain about? I don't know. If that's the case, it's all white in Turkey. Go over there. It's the same song and dance at political level. Same song and dance at political level. And then we're failing by being distracted with the bullshit media sells us. And media sells you into this, and each industry, each segment, each race has their own media. And all this garbage, after being installed in your brain, you are choosing to make an all-black comedy show. I don't get it, I don't get it. My Turkish brain is not grasping that behavior. Instead of bringing people together, man, it's just like anyone, anyone who is genuinely successful in the love department, anyone you think a person that's being loved despite, like, how successful they are is awesome. But how much they're loved, you they are all gracious hosts. They're gracious. They are happy that you're there at their party. Instead of the behavior of, this is my party, so, uh, you're welcome that I invited you. That is such a shitty human, if you ask me. The one who throws a party and acts like, you're welcome. It's a privilege for you to come to my party. There's cake on the table. Please help yourself. As a shitty person, and I don't want to go to that party. I'm not interested in that party. I get invited to such parties all the time. Hey, we're doing this. Make sure to wear white. We're going to just do like black lights everywhere. <gasps> not black lights. No. Wear white. What is this? No, it's a bunch of hippie-dippies. They're like going to put daisies around their hair and just like dance around on mushrooms under black lights. It's not the white attire that you thought of the black person who wants a all-black comedy show. That is ridiculous, man. That is stupid. That is stupid. And I want to talk to that person. Like, I wrote to that post. I said, like, what the fuck? This is such an uncomedian thing to do. Nothing. Nothing. And... Comedy without balls, you guys want to talk about that? Comedy without balls is not convincing. I much rather see someone with like balls owning up to what they're saying on stage than listen to some calculated good joke delivered by an unconfident person. Is that unconfident? I'm confident. I'm not confident. Not so confident person. I don't wanna even if if let's say Dave Chappelle writes a joke, and then someone who's not confident delivers it, probably the line is gonna be still hilarious. But that lack of confidence, get off the stage, please. Get off the stage. Get off the stage because when off the stage, that very person will come to you and talk to you about um, how you need to go about your business. You are as bad as me. I've said this before. You are as bad as me and I am as bad as you. The crowd decides. But you gotta be aware of the gatekeepers. Because the gatekeeper can, even though if you're good, because of their ego, they can keep you on the other side of the gates. And this person, who's doing an all-black comedy show, and whoever signs up for it, agrees with that whole philosophy and idea by association, if I may say so. needs improvement in their lives, I say. They need to sweep their own, you know, front porch first before they go on to pick and choose who's gonna be part of this and not. Oh, black comedy show. Steve Harvey and his master friends. All black cast. They did a show. They toured the country. They didn't call it black kings of comedy. They called it kings of comedy. You're failing to Pay attention to the people who really had to fight through a lot of adversity to become who they are today. You fail to take notes from them and then you're going to put together a black-only comedy show. That's the goddamn title of the post too. The black-only comedy show. How did your ancestors feel when they walked to a building where they had the signs WHITES ONLY? Why is nobody talking about this? I'm just curious. I am curious. And I am, I'm open, I'm I'm open to hear these answers. What is that debate? Not for arguing sake, I just want to hear what's the logic behind it. A good friend of mine once showed me like uh, an article written by somebody. And this friend of mine, she's a successful poet. You know, po- poetry slam winner and stuff. I so she showed me like this article that tried to justify why Black people need to be just with Black people for a minute. I read the article. article did not say anything like I can't I do not remember a thing except the title it didn't bring anything any information that I can share with you here but evidently this person believes and justifies in this article look it up I'm sure it's there somewhere I'm sure it's easy to google um why black people need to be surrounded by all black people? Now, I haven't said that. Google this too. How did some American blacks felt how, how did some American blacks feel when they visited uh, Africa? Most of them say, well, I felt like an outsider there as well because you just carried over your conditioning to Africa in hopes that everybody was gonna be like, oh, brother, brother with you. You're not from there. They know you're not from there. They need to get to know you. (laughs) So perhaps this whole, like, I'm white, so if I go to London, I will be accepted immediately. But as soon as I speak, they're like, oh, you speak American. And here we go. Good luck with that now. Now I have to answer questions about Trump in London. See what I'm saying? You see what we do with, with, with language and, and where we put our focus on. And then eventually, after so many years of what Martin Luther King or... Malcolm X tried to do, I mean, I guess that's a Malcolm, it could be, but Malcolm X thing to just have a all black something comedy show, though. Comedy show. As long as blacks continue to have all black something something, as long as Asians from any country, they try to do their, like, Chinese do their thing, Japanese do their thing, Vietnamese do their thing, Koreans do their thing, and they just keep it, and most of the time, the Asians kind of keep it together to themselves, Mexicans keep it together to themselves, Mexicans don't sprawl out into the white world, you know, maybe we need a few more generations, um, but they keep it together, Turks keep it together, or not, or they're just like me, Ronan, just by himself. I don't regularly see any Turkish people because nothing against them is just not a thing. My social circle has variety of people but Turkish people. Now am I racist towards Turkish people? I don't think so. I don't think so. However, I do miss Turkish humor. Turkish humor is pretty special and it only works with Turkish people, obviously, because it's the language, the play of that. If you understand Turkish... See, I can have a Turkish comedy night, but where am I going to find a talent from? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Or Turks only in English? Then... What kind of um, audience am I leaving out? Maybe g- the Greeks won't come. Or the Armenians won't come. Or the Kurds won't come. Because it's Turkish. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's terrible marketing, by the way. It's terrible marketing. But then, go to that show. Say if that was a real show. old black show. do will be some like... Woke, Berkeley, white people Who has changed their name to I don't know Some black name And identified themselves as whatever with their Rastafari Hats, knitted hats With their dreadlocks tucked into it And Oh people well, all I'm saying is there's bigger fish to fry. And success is freedom. Freedom comes from owning your shit. You got to own things. got to own everything you do. If you work for somebody, it's going to be their fault all the time. You got to work for yourself. Work for yourself. Work on your shit. Own your shit. And I think, uh, and don't, do not organize all black, all purple, all red, all this events. Because whatever happens to us, it's because it's happening that some asshole decides to do all, only this event. That's such a narrow mind. That's such a narrow, 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 narrow mind. That's not woke. Anyway, my name is Engin Yashidimich. This is another episode of Book of Engin. If you've reached this far, please like, subscribe, and uh, let your friends know. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening and day. Bye-bye.